Hey guys, welcome back to DeFi Trader. My name is David. Uh, today's been crazy. Like this is waking up to like, just like a nuke every single day, just dumps, dumps, just keeps dumping, right? So this is the weakness that I've been noticing like since like last month, pretty much. So it just continues to slump lower, lower and lower. That's why the getting into these alts right now is not a good time. So the things I'm looking for right now in mainly Bitcoin, which is going to lead to any decisions I make into getting into altcoins, Ethereum, um, you know, even Ethereum, I would say, because look at this. It's always going to go down considerably more in comparison to Bitcoin. This went down 5.7% within 24 hours. Ethereum, on the other hand, went down 8.5%. So is if I'm going to dollar cost average and continue, you know, catching a falling knife, which is what I'm doing at this point in time, um, it's going to be Bitcoin because I know that that's going to be lesser of a dump versus anything else that I try catching. Look at everything else. Look, Binance Coin, Cardano, especially look, look at Cardano. It's got really, I think the ones that are lesser on the minds of institutions also the ones that are uh, really low in the fundamentals as well look at dogecoin no institutions are buying dogecoin i can tell you that much and this is really slumped you can see this and it just continues to go down look we're down way more than 50 percent from the highs of this um, so i'm looking at the different sectors within crypto which are going to signal to me where the crowd's heading to, uh, what the institutions are doing, you know, kind of like what the middle of the curve is doing as well. And then just what like retails FOMOing into and just people that have never heard of crypto, right? So this would be this area right here. Um, you know, middle of the curve, definitely Ethereum for the most part. Uh, and Bitcoin, we have the institutions really buying in heavily still into into Bitcoin. So we've dropped down considerably. This is the price points that I've been looking at. Like we're gonna hopefully stay at this range here and go sideways. You know, that's best case scenario. I think is that we range sideways from here. Best case. Um, but the upside is still very very big and it's really in our favor getting into the market still at this point it all depends what your entries are what your risk tolerance is though still a lot of people that a lot of people that got into the market just a couple of months ago are quite underwater at this point and it, it's looking really scary just looking at the charts here so i was hoping that we would make some type of formation up in this channel uh, but it's not looking good it's really not looking good just looking at the charts here fundamentally though I think it looks very very strong for Bitcoin uh, just because gold is gonna be doing very very well and if I think that Bitcoin and gold correlate uh, and it's supposed to supplant the market cap of gold you know that's the you know outlook in the future for Bitcoin, you know, bigger macroeconomic outlook for Bitcoin is it's going to replace gold or 
definitely going to have a uh, type of alternative to that market. And yeah, it's just the fundamentals are still there for it, but um, the charts aren't looking good. And going into this weekend, this was really just to be expected. It was, it was not looking good going into the weekend. Um, so if you were to buy, I would probably have waited until the weekend to see what today did and maybe even tomorrow uh, going into Monday. Uh, so we can probably expect some lows here, uh, possibly about 32,000 or about 33,000 here approaching. So we'll see what happens. We're already down 2.3% in the past hour already. And this is just the beginning of this weekend. So uh, who knows if we'll just drop all the way down to 32, maybe get down to 32 or uh, 30. Uh, there's really no telling. I would say that the bearishness is really just superseding the bullishness that we're seeing in the market. Um, and you can see that the alts have taken a big hit. Nothing is really up at all. <laughs> the only thing that is up is horizon. Is That's 8.5%. And then just the past hours down 6.1%. And down over the past 24 hours is Helium, which had a really big pump recently. Uh, Uniswap is down 16%. Polygon down as well, had a huge pump as well. Uh, Chainlink down considerably from its highs. Like This is a blue chip in my book. And to see it drop down about 50% from its all-time highs here is really just incredible to see. And all of a span of a matter of about two weeks here. So a lot of uh, bearishness in these markets. And I think that we're going to probably see this until we see, uh, you know, I, I really don't know when this will end. Um, so expect some pain going forward. Uh, guys, if you like to follow me on Twitter, I'm also on Twitter. I'm at TraderDeFi. And uh, also I have a bunch of links down in the description below if you want to check that out. I have a great Telegram community. We're doing some pretty amazing AMAs with some good projects as well uh, if you want to check that out. And I'm also doing a webinar, a monthly webinar only for the Telegram members. So if you want to join that, check that out as well. And I'm going to give you guys some hopium going forward here. And this is actually some long-term, uh, you know, these are, this is what I look to in, in the long-term when I invest into any of this stuff. Definitely, and this is from Cameron Winklevoss. Uh, a lot of people know him. He runs the Gemini Exchange. And in the land of inflation, Bitcoin is king. And I definitely have to agree with that. Um, and especially with this environment of risk on, I don't think that this environment is going to end. Um, this risk on environment will continue. So these assets like Bitcoin and, you know, gold really benefit with inflationary environments as well, uh, are going to do very, very well in my opinion. So 
This is going on uh, right now with the M1 money that supply with the, you know, the dollar is being just printed to infinity. So there's no limit on the amount of dollars you could ever print. And it's just crazy looking at where we were at and where we're at now. Before and after is just uh, really, really mind boggling just to look at this. And I hope a lot of this money like never enters its, it never enters the money supply, like it doesn't enter circulation because um, it's really gonna be bad. Right now, most of this money is just stuck up into the bank and the, into the banking sector because uh, banks aren't really loaning out the majority of it. So they're just holding on to it, dumping it into assets that they think they're gonna get the return on because they know that the dollars that they have, you know, just available to them are just, they're not doing anything with them. So they might as well put them to to use, make them into productive assets. So this is just really crazy just looking at it. So that's the environment going forward. That's what I'm looking at. And Goldman Sachs kind of agrees uh, to that fact that productive assets definitely outweigh non-productive assets. And Ethereum beats BTC as a store of value in, in, in that case because they're saying that with with DeFi NFTs, all of this makes a uh, there. There's like a actual revenue coming from those things, and it's all tied in to Ethereum. So there's a lot. There's a very strong fundamentals with ETH moving forward with EIP one five five nine as well. That monetary policy is definitely going to change. And it's going to be able to compete, in my opinion, with Bitcoin's monetary policy. Bitcoin, hands down right now, is the best store of value with cryptos and it's with its monetary policy. But going forward, Ethereum with the EIP-1559, that, that's going to be a game changer with the monetary policy on Ethereum. So I, I think it's definitely going to be able to compete there. And... Goldman Sachs, uh, if you want to read this article here, uh, I think it's going to be quite a comprehensive, you know, look into how these assets are productive and the, the networks that they're operating on are going to really accrue value in the long term. So it's a great read from Goldman Sachs, uh, this is the research newsletter. So if you wanna check that out, I uh, retweeted it on my Twitter feed here. And another article from Bloomberg Crypto is, is you know, talking about how DeFi and how you can generate yields on it. So they're saying here, another pitch from the world of crypto, Parker Extra Cash, in this stablecoin account and earn as much as 7%. I think that they were talking about uh, probably yearn that they're bringing up here. Nope, they didn't talk about yearn, I guess, but... Um, but I think this is gonna be a major strategy going forward, especially for, you know, DAOs are doing it right now. They're allocating their you know, the reserves 
into a you know productive strategies to to get a yield so why not uh the traditional finance world why wouldn't they want to get into this uh when they're not getting a yield on on anything really so this is uh just another sign of like you know the narrative around product productive assets i think is a, a big game changer moving forward from last from the last cycles that we had so the previous cycles we didn't really have any of this and you know this is a good look into like what the uh, uh price of sales is for a lot of these and this is um just looking at like some of them they're like really really low right now especially like 3.2 times their projective sales uh price of sales and a lot of these like they have close to half a billion dollars of annualized revenue this one's you know close to a billion dollars in annualized revenue here and the market cap is only you know close to three billion under three billion here uh, this is sushi sushi swap has many products i think they're gonna do very well uh the team behind them is incredible they just keep delivering and um a lot of these in, are in the same situation here too uniswap right here it's a 9.6 x it already has 2.8 almost 3 billion dollars in revenue um so the, these are definitely competing with traditional uh productive assets here like this so the price of futures uh cash flows over here is you know 114 times that's ridiculous the lowest one this is comparing DeFi versus traditional finance uh this is the lowest one here is 4.28 percent and that one that one looks good um you know it looks decent but any other ones, I think the lowest one here is like 19.61 here is the lowest one. And the highest one is 114. That's ridiculous. Um, I just, or actually here, here it is, uh, price of sales here. I thought, I thought they didn't have price of sales. So still, look at this, um, 37. The lowest one here is 7.7 times and that's a pnc so you can just look at this and compare it um the the growth potential of these is nowhere near the growth potential of any of these as well so uh they're just tremendously undervalued if you're going into the right assets that are productive right they have an actual cash flow to them. Um, this one shown here is uh, cryptofees.info. Shows you a great rundown on some of the biggest networks of crypto. So the biggest crypto networks like protocols are going to be listed here. Ethereum's really ranking on top of all of them. Uh, second to that, we've got various versions of Uniswap. Under that, we have Bitcoin. Um, then we have right under Bitcoin, we have Binance Smart Chain. And then we have got various other protocols here. So it's probably missing a lot of them, actually. Uh, it's probably 
missing a lot from Binance Smart Chain because I know that the uh, the Pancake Swap has a lot of fees as well. It, it, it might not be ranking up here. Um, let me check if it has it. Yeah, so Pancake Swap is not listed here. Uh, I would think that it would be though. So over here, I just wanted to show here that Bitcoin is behaving, uh, behave like gold following the March uh, FOMC announcement. You can see that the tracked almost, you know, exactly in trends here. So um, hopefully this is some good news going forward for Bitcoin that is going to correlate and coincide with the movements of gold. And I believe that going forward, um, gold is going to do pretty good uh, towards the, uh, you know, it's going to do fairly well here. Hey guys, how are everybody doing today? I'm going to check the uh, chat, see what you guys are up to. Thank you all for tuning in today. Oh, and this is a, this chart is courtesy of Bloomberg, uh, but I also got this from uh, Masari, if anybody's wondering. So thank you to uh, Masari for the, for this uh, article here. So guys, thank you all for tuning in. So there's a great question here. Um, and it's, it's asking about, let me bring this a little bit over here so I can read it. Give me one second, guys, so I can like read my screen a little better. All right. All right, that's good. Um, yeah, so great question here. New Heat TV is asking, you think there's gonna be a bigger dump coming? You know what, I think that there probably is. It's not looking good. Any little slight negative negative announcements here, there's going to be dumps. Any, because what I'm seeing, we're seeing a lot of positive news within the past couple of days coming out here. Even having Elon Musk tweeting good stuff, you know, here. And we're not seeing the price really move up. We're not seeing those good pumps that we were seeing before. So this is just uh, showing to me that the market's turning bearish, that the positive news is not making those pumps, but the bearish news is actually having an impact negatively on the price those to me are very clear signs to me to not get to not really put anything in right now because I, th I think this knife is going to keep dropping so especially during the weekend um it's not really showing me a lot of signs right here of, of any strengths any slight bad news approaching or, or that that comes out here is going to be bad let's look at the chart though to see like just the momentum that's occurring here you can see the downtrend sloping down still in the four hour uh three hour still trending down you can see this uh, and it's going to be hitting this let me see yeah I, I believe it's just going to hit this last low here uh, right here it hit so probably is going to just try to retarget that again it's going to want to slope down to that you can see that there's more of these red candles. That's not good at all to see a lot of red candles. Uh, 
So there's a, a little bit of resistance here, maybe from this last, from this little wick over here. But I don't think that's going to really be much of a, any type of support there. So I'm really just thinking that we're going to tr keep trending downward. Um, I got some past indicators here. So let me see what, what this is. So we might be hitting a past trend line here. Yeah, let me see if we're hitting a past trend line here. If that's the case, uh, if that is the case, we might be forming some type of uh, triangle here, which is good. Yeah, I'm gonna wait for that to just probably hit over here somewhere at the very highest. And at the lowest point, I'll expect it just, just to retest this last bottom here. Um, but I would really just expect it to retest that last bottom. Yeah, I'll probably expect it to follow this channel here down to this level of resistance, uh, this level of support here, and hope for the best. Really, that's all I can do is just hope for the best at this point in time because it's, it's not looking really too good. I'm hoping it holds up past this uh, point here above the 31,000. Uh, if it doesn't hold up there, we're gonna go down to twenty-eight thousand, and if we're not, if we don't hold up there, then we're gonna go down to twenty-four. Hopefully, hold there, then go to about nine, nineteen, twenty thousand. So, um, I don't think we're gonna go much lower than twenty thousand if we do uh, 
go there but right now it's for me to be catching this knife and still possibly go down 41 percent um i'm not going to be doing that i'm not going to be doing that just yet i want to see some clear direction in the market before i go into it uh possible upside though is still really really high if i'm looking for the you know just to go back to the last all-time highs here um, let's look at the possible upside here you know I'm still looking at about 90% upside still just to reclaim those last all-time highs um, but if I'm looking at the hopefully worst case scenario on the downside, um, I'm still looking at about 41%, 42% here. So I'm not gonna be touching this as of yet. Um, hopefully, maybe we'll touch over here, make some really, really solid support at this level, and then I can re-enter from there. And if we get some clear direction, uh, maybe about 40,000 again, then I'll re-enter. But in this zone right here, for the most part in this zone, um, I don't really wanna buy. There's really not a lot of clear direction any way or the other right here in this zone. So um, I'm just not a buyer at this point in time. And it, it, it's only gonna be Bitcoin if I do decide to be catching this knife down to here. I'll be probably catching it around at this point in time. If I wanna be catching it, I'll catch it over here again, and then over here, and then over here. And hopefully we'll bounce off of that point in time. Um, and from these lows here, we're looking at about 230% here to reclaim the all-time highs. And if I'm just, you know, if I'm just very, very not optimistic of going past these all-time highs into a next all-time high during this bull run, then I'll probably be looking at 90,000 here, and which is still a percentage gain of 360%. A lot of people have been really, really bullish on prices as, in my opinion, kind of crazy uh, of like around 300,000, which would be a, a huge percentage gain. So we're over a thousand percent once we cross over uh, about 200,000 here. So once we get into 300,000, we're approaching about 1500% gains from the lows of Bitcoin. So this is what people talk about between, you know, accumulation zones and then distribution zones 
up here would be the distribution distribution zone again. So this zone up here would be considered like the distribution zone. And then down here, again, will be considered the accumulation zone. And you can see here that the all time high was over here. So these are the next cycles that we're, we're going to be looking at. And let's say it's not that high. Let's say it's down here again. Let's say we only re-hit these last all-time highs, right? So then this accumulation zone is going to be around here. It's going to be around here again on these lows. And then the distribution phase will be over here again. So these cycles, you just got to understand, like, where are you going to be in it? And that's going to really be a decisive factor on what you're going to be wanting to do. If you bought up here, you don't want to be selling down here. If you bought up here, hopefully you just hold out over here, are able to buy in more as you see it bottom out. And then as we reclaim this, if you don't feel comfortable at that point in time being in the market, you know, deleverage, you know, remove your your risk at that point in time. If you feel comfortable in the market, you want to get into it, you know, this is the time to either add into your position a little bit and watch this keep running or, um, you know, at this time, take some profits as well. So at this point in time, I want to just be accumulating, accumulate, accumulate over here. I you know might sell off a little bit just depending on my risk what I see the market doing in that time uh, going forward and over here then I'm selling right sell a little bit more but you got to understand that you got to take profits along the way you can't always be holding when you have these good run ups you want to take some profits right I'm always in Bitcoin so my profits uh, re get recycled into Bitcoin. So my, my alts is mainly what I'm looking at. So any of these alts here, like the DPI token, like the, the times to be taking profit was up here along this phase. Once you see it peak out, for me, I like to let them run as long as I can. I'll watch for them to peak and have some weakness in the chart here, like we saw over here. We saw it have a lot of weakness in this period here, right? So this was the best time in my opinion because uh, you can't really time the, the market. It's really hard to time this market. So in this phase here was probably the best time to unload um, you know, some good positions. And even right here, you had a big movement. So already you lost about 10%, 14% right there. So you have to be okay with not getting the exact tops or bottoms. So right there was already 20% down. You got to be okay with losing about maybe 10%, 20% um, 
from the either lows or the bottoms, but you, you're clear in that direction that you're going into. And it's okay, you, you have all of these as profits already. This is all profit, right? Because ideally you got in over here at this accumulation phase right here, right? This was the accumulation zone for the most part. So you buy it whenever it dips like this so you can sell up here. So even if you sold, like, let's say the very, if you bought the very uh, tops of this bottom here, and then you sold the very bottom of these tops, you're still coming away with about 16, 17% in, in the difference. So if you got the absolute tops and bottoms on this, you know, looking well over, 109%, 110% here. But it's literally impossible to time these, is what I'm saying. So you wanna look at these levels of support where it's bottoming out here, and where you see it kind of reclaiming uh, these, these lows over here, and you see strength in the charts. So this is a great time to buy. So you buy this these dips over here, uh, you buy this dip over here, you buy this dip over here. And then you buy it up, coming up again over here. And then you probably stop at this point in time, right? You stop. Then you just watch it. You hold, you hold, you hold. You sell off along the way when you see some, you know, when you, what I like to do is get my initial profit back. So when it probably doubled in price around here, I would have probably cashed out a good portion already, maybe like 50%. Then I'm just holding, right? Hopefully it goes up some more. And then over here, I'll probably see some weakness in the charts. It bounces back up. Doesn't really recover quite too well. And then over here, I'll probably just be selling because I see, okay, it's really selling off here. So I'm gonna sell off whatever I wanna lock in at that point in time. That way I have some dry ammo down at this point, right? So I've got my ability to reaccumulate down here again. So this would be my accumulation zone again. I would I would probably do it over here again, down here. All right, guys, I'm going to check the chat. Great conversations going on. Um, I guess we, we really needed some hopium today. The fundamentals, guys, are stronger than ever, but price action, it's not good. It, it looks just, just look at my trading view uh, watch list here. Everything is in the red. Only thing that's up is like stocks, right? The Dow Jones Industrials down a little bit. Gold, gold. Uh, GME's up, silver's up, uh, spy. So 
the S&P 500 is down. So it, it's not really looking too good, honestly. So I'm risk off with crypto. If I'm yield farming, it's going straight into stable coins. And then that's being turned over on a dip. I'll find a, a point where I can accumulate again, right? This is all about what I'm talking about. These accumulation zones are really important. Uh, so on these dips, since I'm catching a knife here with Bitcoin, I'm going to be catching it at these points in time. At these really heavy levels or at least some type of levels of support, I'll be willing to catch it again. Right now, we're not really at one for me. The next one is approaching here. But I don't think we'll see this until like next couple of days here. So maybe on Monday, Tuesday, we'll see if it hits this zone here. Uh, what about Cardano? Um, yeah, a big news. I I think I went over that already, but global photographer. What's up, man? Uh, Ample for the win. Yeah, Ample has been doing incredible. I'm just, we got that airdrop, so we've been getting just tons of free money with just being early into Ample. So Ample has been really good for the early adopters. I can't say that like for everybody, but the early ones um, definitely has paid off. I got into it. I wish I held my bag for more than I did, but that's okay. Um, is that money velocity? No, that's the uh, that the M1 uh, monetary supply. So this is the money supply that is being created. This is, uh, I believe this is the Fed, Fred. So this is the, uh, I guess these are like the statements or the reports from the St. Louis Fed. Where would the trend line, uh, Krishna Kanapathy saying, where would the trend line bounce be if following the last two lows? Let me look into that. Let me look into this. Um, not really understanding your question there, honestly. So I'm, I'm looking at these zones here, if that means anything to you. Um, okay, so okay, if the trend line were to bounce off of this, so I'm looking, I'll just draw it up here so you can see. I think that might be just the best way. So I'm looking at trends to go over here. Let me use a different color. Um, so. so I'm looking at the trend line going down here, right? Maybe respects this triangle and will bounce up here you know, hopefully 
kind of coil up there and hopefully go up to here is what I'm hoping for. Now, if it doesn't do that, I'm expecting it to do this. I'm expecting it to go down here, follow this trend, like we're seeing it right now, follow this trend down here. Hopefully respect this and Draw that again. Okay, so follow this trend down here. Hit this level of support, bounce off of it, and then we'll hopefully trend upward in some manner. I don't know how it will trend up though. Um, maybe it'll hit some level of you know resistance going up at this level. So let me redraw this to show where it might be hitting some resistance. So it could go over here, hit resistance, and then over here again, and then maybe up again and go for further. So this last one, trying to get rid of it. There it is. So those are kind of like what I'm would predict if what would happen. Um, but again, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. This is all just speculation. So we'll see if that happens. I don't. I don't really know. So that's why I'm not really buying, is because I don't know. So I'm waiting for it to approach this level here for me to make a decision. If it does begin to coil here, I'll wait for it to go either up or down to this level here. This, uh, I'll draw, okay, this, so this pink line here, you know, bad case, it'll hit this pink line, uh, best case, it'll hit this pink line up here. I hope that answered your uh, question, Krishna. Uh, Bruna Anderson, what about Cardano? Same thing about Cardano. That's a highly risk on asset at this time because it's solely based on the narrative and hype at this time. The fundamentals are not there. There's no economic activity. There's no, um, if you're looking at crypto fees, you know, this is what's really, really important for traditional finance, financial investors. Like financial, the institutions are what's going to be moving these markets going forward. And this is what they care about. And Cardano is nowhere near this list on the top. Look at this. Ethereum's up here. Bitcoin's up here, Binance Smart Chain's up here. What other one is up here? Uh, what what other layer one is up here? Let me see. And a lot of these layer, a lot of these protocols that are up on the top all live on, I believe, probably Binance Smart Chain or an Ethereum. 
So Terra, the next layer one with protocol fees. Next after that, Doge. Um, after that, another protocol on Ethereum. Notice the trend, Ethereum, Ethereum, Ethereum. That's why I'm, I'm not that bullish on Cardano at this point in time. Now, when the economic activity on Cardano is there to you know, show otherwise, you know, then I'll change my, my stance on that. But Cardano's down below Avalanche. So I'm, I'm more bullish on Avalanche, and you can see that a Avalanche is all the way down here on the charts. Took a tremendous plunge right under Safe Moon. I think that these are two tremendously undervalued projects at this point in time. Probably especially Terra, um, just because of the real world use that it has in, in South Korea. Um, you know what though, with the institutions investing the way they are, they're not like regular retail investors because they have like a certain time frame they have they have to commit into. So they're going to de be deploying these assets progressively. You know, they're not just a one time and done. They they're going to keep on and continue to do this. Not only that, but the yields that are being uh, sought right now. I think that they're going to be more, more buy-in because of that aspect as well. The institutions are definitely here. The meme of last time was the institutions are coming. So the institutions are here and they're coming more and more and more, but they're already here. So there's a foundation for institutions, which was the most important thing. Setting that foundation for the institutions to actually get into it at scale is the thing. Before they were, they were there back in 2017, but not really in any scale. They were just like barely tipping their toes into the waters. Now they're trying to do it at scale now. Like they want to get into it and they understand like a lot of people don't understand like the, the things going on with the CBDCs and China has their CBDC and the United States is now implementing. They're talking about their CBDC and going to put out their white paper and have a conversation supposedly about it, that is really gonna eat into the launch of the the banking sectors. Like their revenue streams, I think are really gonna get cut into because now the because the CBDC, they're able to facilitate um, a lot of things that the banks used to. So that revenue stream that the banks used to collect are now probably gonna be either just done away with or just refunneled into the stream of, you know, the either like the treasury or uh, the Fed. So the Federal Reserve is going to be having tremendous power over the banking sector coming forward with the, you know, with the introduction and the adoption and use of CBCs. The central bank digital currencies are, are really having a big threat, I think, going forward to regional banks um they're not going to be able to compete they're already, they already barely can compete with like the big big banks out there so um i don't think that they're gonna uh they're gonna really adopt 
crypto because there's going to be an extra revenue stream through that, uh, providing those services and, you know, being at the forefront of crypto and, and adopting crypto, they're going to receive revenue from that. So as one revenue stream from them gets cut off, they're going to have no choice but to adopt another revenue stream. And that revenue stream is going to be coming from crypto. So I think that's going to be a thing that's going to be talked about a lot going forward. It's not right now because just a, it's so new right now. Not A lot of people don't understand it. It's not happening right now. So it doesn't get talked about. But in the future, I, I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to happen. So there's almost going to be like a, a, a faction, like a war between like the Fed or like the central bank digital currency and the, the banks because they're going to be starved of a revenue. So on one hand, you're going to want you're going to have like the federal government really want to clamp down on crypto. But on the other hand, you're going to have the populace, the retail, the, the people and also the banks too in support of crypto because if crypto gets shut down, the banks are gonna get shut off from their revenue. So I think it's only to the best interest of you know the banks to adopt crypto as much as possible right now. Because going forward with the CBDC, the banks are gonna maybe be our best allies. I don't know, that's all game theory. Uh, this is all just looking out into the future um, so I'm, I might be wrong, but so far I've been right on a lot of this stuff. So we'll see. If anybody has any opinions or thoughts, I'm really interested in hearing them, put them down in the comments and we're going to be having some, um, hopefully like a conversation like this, go into all types of different things on our webinar, like yield farming, um, technical analysis, going into uh, different like looking at protocols the DeFi protocols here so if you want to be involved in that webinar I'm going to be hosting it for all my telegram members check that out on my uh, telegram all the links are down in the description down below if you want to check that out there you just got to click on this one there Uh, AZ99 has a good one. You know, stable coins are going to be a big role. They've already increased, you know, multiples upon multiples this just this year from where they were at. Um, Trying to remember what chart was really good for seeing the increase in stable coins. Let me go to, um, I think it was the block had it. So this has a great, uh, you know, set of like charts here. Uh, let me find if I can find stable coins. So so the increase in stable coins is, is just almost like parabolic that you can see like the chart is grown substantially from the beginning of this year. It has just taken off, just doubling and doubling and, and 
you know, just going parabolic at this point in time. So you can see there's a bunch of different types, USDT, uh, just various varieties here. USDT is the biggest. Second to that, though, the next one gaining a lot of market share recently is USDC. You can see USDT is losing market share uh, versus USDC gaining it. And BUSD has gained a lot as well, as you can see us here. Um, so the stable coins is definitely going to be a trend moving forward, even in this bull uh, bear market. If we're in a bear market right now, uh, stable coins is definitely a good place to be. I like several. Um, so mainly just the biggest yield aggregators like i would say like beefy is one of them um, i like beefy i like uh, auto farm was another one that has been doing pretty well but again if you're going to be getting into any of these you want to diversify your farms if you have you know ten thousand dollars you don't want to put $5,000 into this farm because that's literally half of all your money, right? What I do, I split my farms up to 10 pieces. So that, that $10,000, I would have it split up. I would have $1,000 in each one of these farms. So let's say, for example, I'm in this auto beefy. Um, let me see which I have connected here. All right, so now I'm on auto, or I'm on beefy.finance. I'm connected to Binance Smart Chain. And now I can deposit into one of these farms here. Um, and these are going to be the best because they're going to be auto compounding, you know, anything that you're in here. Um, I got to find a stable coin though. So probably BOSD, which is this one right here is 45%. That's pretty good. Uh, another one that I liked was, I think Swamp was doing pretty good too. They just passed their Certec audit, which is, you know, instill some faith in the project a little bit. So let me see what kind of pulls they have for BUSD. So right here you have one for BUST, and this is using Alpaca. Uh, this one's 40%. So you just got to go on to the yield aggregators. I made a, uh, a lot of videos about yield aggregators. You can check that out in, on my library. Uh, let me pull that up here. So if you go to my, my YouTube library here, you can see a lot of previous videos that I've I've posted about some of the best yield aggregators. Let me see if I can find one. Um, so if you want to look at the most recent ones, I posted the best yield aggregators, depending on which chain you're on. You can go on to the Avalanche chain. You can go on to Matic, also known as Polygon. You can go on to uh, Binance Smart Chain over here. Let me see if I have one just for yield aggregators though. Here's another one for Solana. So depending on what ecosystem you're on, 
Um, I've got all the yield aggregators, I think, towards the end of every one of these videos. But I have one just for Ethereum that it's probably outdated, though. This is stuff you really have to keep track of. You have to look at it day to day to see what's the best place. Because what's the best place, you know, last week is definitely going to be different than what is the best place today. So let me check though. I, I know I have a video where I post the yield aggregators. Thing I do. I, I have one, I just can't find it. It might be one of these, honestly, and I just reused the thumbnail for, for it, so I don't know which one it is. So I, I, I think I posted, like, this is how I make, you know, this is like at least $500 a day yield farming with crypto. And this was in all the different yield farms. Uh, this was on Binance Smart Chain when it first launched and the yield farming was just incredible. So right now there's a lot of opportunities still on Binance Smart Chain, especially on Matic right now. And uh, coming up soon, I hope we'll see some on Solana, on Avalanche, and what was the other one I just had up here? Yeah, so hopefully those two really, really take off soon. But this one's really good. This one's a IB USDT, and this one's paying out 41% on your dollars. Um, so. I really like uh, Curve. Curve is really good. You just got to have to find a yield optimizer for Curve, though. So one that I just found was on... Um, it was on Adamant. So Adamant Finance... Adamant.finance is a yield aggregator. And right now on Polygon, uh, if you go to Curve... You're connected to Polygon. You can uh, get a great yield here. So I would go into like one of these pools here, see which one pays a good yield, and then take my LP over here. And then I'll compound it. So here you can see DAI USDC LP making 58%. This one's FRAX with USDC. And FRAX is a stable coin. It's a, it's a pegged stable coin. And this one's paying out 337%. This is probably the highest I've seen that is relatively safe, honestly. So I'm actually thinking about getting to this right now.
So I have any news on Arbitrum when it launched? It, it's said to be launching. Um, you know, they have the SDK already that, that launched today. So they said they launched today. They like they launched the Arbitrum mainnet opens to developers May twenty eighth, which was yesterday, right? Joined the initial cohort. So the TLDR is we've added sequencer support. We'll open an Arbitrum sequencer testnet on May fourteenth. We plan to open Arbitrum mainnet to developers on May twenty eighth, and we've already seen this going on. A lot of developers are already, you know, working on Arbitrum, and USDC actually just mentioned this. USD, USDC. So, getting early access to Arbitrum for USDC, exciting. Yeah, so I think a lot of people got early access to it, um, but there had to be a vote to actually get it implemented. There was a proposal. Hopefully it got passed. I'm not really sure if uh, that proposal got passed or not. I'll have to check on that. How safe is it? I'm assuming you're referring to this right here. Um, I would say it's got a lot of risk, actually, but if you're willing to you know, take on that risk for this percentage, you know, that's a decision you got to make for yourself. And remember, there, there's been hacks left and right. Binance Smart Chain has been getting hacked left and right. You can see here on the uh, wrecked leaderboard here, the just the amount of, of hacks going on. So EasyFi wrecked. Um, what, what what was this? So it's only been out like for 14 days, apparently, this new token. Uh, the launch of it was at about apparently
So this is a lending lending protocol for digital assets. This is layer two. And let's see what the app looks like. So I guess they're still dealing with this uh, migration over to uh, from that hack. So it's unavailable right now. Um, farming's probably unavailable. So. so there's a lot of hacks going on with um, you know flash loans, especially we have Pancake Bunny, which is I'm pretty sure that this is pretty much a clone of that. So there's a lot of, lot of uh, rug pulls. Like I got rug pulled in Meerkat. Fortunately though, I was given back 95%. And then I also got a bonus of being able to sell those tokens that I was yield farming. But I just got fortunate that, that time. Spartan Protocol is another one. A lot of these, you can see that they're from Surtec, uh, High Cheese, a couple of them. Um, so, even really good ones like Consensus, Diligence, that you would think that are well-respected within this space are, are getting hacked too. So quant stamp is another one that I'd say is pretty well respected. And those are even hacked. Compounder, uh, Solidity Finance, this one rug pulled. So this wasn't necessarily a, a hack per se. High Chi, High Chi, High Chi. Uh, a lot from Hai Chi actually, Hai Chi. So I wouldn't really trust much coming out of Hai Chi, honestly. Seems to be the number one wrecked on here. Merlin Labs was just hacked as well. Auto Shark, all dealing, all dealing with uh, the same type of flaw resulting from Pancake Bunny here. <clears throat> Alright guys, um, I think we're going to be ending the stream. Thank you all for tuning in today. If you haven't already, make sure you join me on the Telegram channel where I'm going to be doing the webinar for only my Telegram members. So we're going to be putting up a date there. Feel free to join that. All the links down below uh, description. All right, guys, have a great weekend, and hopefully I'll see you on either tomorrow or Monday.